Hello and welcome to episode number 63. Today is going to be a continuation of our astral projecting conversation. On today's show, we have our reoccurring regular. She's going to give her insight on astral projecting and lucid dreaming, possibly. Hello. And like usual, we have Lisa with us. Hi. Right off the top of the show, I'm going to comment on a comment that was sent to us on my YouTube channel, episode number 17, Near-Death Experiences. This came from Italic Alec. Italic Alec. So his comment was, there are examples of NDEs, which are near-death experiences, where people were pronounced clinically dead, but they still came back. Mm -hmm. I do have a story about that. And, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I do work in healthcare. And many years ago, I used to work in the emergency room. And we had a case of a patient that came in. Well, this has been multiple cases. I've done a lot of codes during my time. There's been a couple occasions where we worked on patients and these patients actually came back. This particular story where we had a patient we were just about to unhook the patient and put the patient in a body bag. And I noticed as I was disconnecting the EKG that there was a heart rhythm. And I went to the doctor and I go, there's a rhythm popping up on the monitor. So he comes over, he takes a listen. So he hears breath sounds in her lungs. So he said, continue to code. It had to be two to four minutes of CPR on her before she actually woke up. Her downtime, we have no clue how long she was down because when they come into us in the emergency room, they come in via the ambulance. So mm -hmm. the paramedics have, was working on the patient prior to coming in and we were working on her for maybe 20 to 25 minutes and she came back. That's crazy. She came back before we admitted her into the hospital. She was sitting up talking. Oh, wow. Wow. And of course. You weren't freaked out? No, I mean, come on. Why would I be freaked out? I've seen so many people die over my years in, in healthcare, but, but it's, she didn't. And, you know, no. She came back from the dead, basically. But was, it was just, it was weird that, you know, like I said, that's, this happened. A couple of times, but this particular time was a long time. Right. And she was pronounced, Italic Alec, she was pronounced clinically dead by that doctor that day. Mm -hmm. And she came back. And of course, you know, no one's asked the patient, did you see the mm -hmm. white right. light? Did you see your family or did you see anything else like that? You know? Right. And this kind of leads us into this whole subject that we're talking about today, because these are all intertwined together, astral projecting, near-death experiences, lucid dreaming, because they're kind of one and the same, right. because it's an out-of-body experience. Right. Yes. From what I take is that the difference with astral projecting is you have an astral body that actually leaves your physical body. Mm -hmm. In lucid dreaming and near-death experiences, you, um, I guess, I guess that would probably be the same thing in near-death experience. 
Similar. Yeah. yeah, similar that you, your astral body or your spirit is what most people would call it, would leave your body. Right. Mm-hmm. We talked about this, Lisa and I, so we're going to let our reoccurring regular <laughs> give her intake on astral projecting. So what say you? You said you tried lucid dreaming before? No, I've had lucid dreams. Would you know the difference if you were astral projecting? I feel like now I have a pretty good grasp on the difference because lucid dreaming, you're in control of the dream. So you're already in the environment, but now you have the ability to make the decisions or go somewhere else. But astral travel, (laughs) it's almost as if you are like not a ghost walking around. But you kind of are like a ghost walking around. Right. Because I feel like the experience I had a few weeks ago was more so astral travel than it was a lucid dream. Yeah. In these particular dreams, usually when I lucid dream, I wake up fairly soon. You know, it, it doesn't last for a long time. But this these two particular dreams that I had, it was like I was actually there. Oh, wow. And I was walking. I was walking around, interacting with certain things. But nobody noticed me. And I said that nobody noticed me when I was having this experience besides one person. Oh, yeah. But I was, you know, walking around, just looking at things. I went into a bathroom like (laughs) it was it was just really weird. Where were you? Do you know where you were? I was actually in a hospital. Oh, wow. Yeah. But nobody interacted with me. People were walking past me. Oh, actually, before then, I was in a school. And I was walking around the hallways like this was before kids went to their first period class. And I was walking around in the hallway and I was think just having so many thoughts in that moment. And then that's when um, I had switched over to being in the hospital. That's so weird. Isn't it weird? Yeah, of all places. But don't they say in astral projecting, you can actually interact with the beings that are there? Yeah, I suppose. So. um now, when you lucid dream, you said you can control the environment that uh, you're in. So maybe it was remote. What do you call it? Remote. Remote viewing. Yeah. So maybe that's what she was doing. You know what? Possibly. Yeah. Because I've had different types of dreams before where I wasn't just an observer. Yeah. But this, I actually had like movement. I was a body. You were a body. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. And you said no one interacted with you in this particular dream at all. But one one person. person. One person. Yeah. Interesting. That's that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on that note, before I, I'll let you go on with your story. But do you know, back in the 70s, the government actually had a program. I think we touched on it very briefly on the last episode. It's called the Stargate program. And that's exactly what they did remote viewing. Mm-hmm. So they got a group of people that they, I don't researched to project or to, um, because they consider that astral travel as well. Right. Although they're a remote viewer. Right. Uh, I think you, you mentioned this before, um, Lisa, about them putting a specific um, object somewhere. Right. So what they would have them do is, okay, what's in this object and where it is. So mm-hmm. let's say it's a manila envelope. What is inside the manila envelope? 
and they actually had to oh. find where the envelope was. Mm-hmm. So and there were there were cases where they had to just pick everything what they saw. So they actually had like a picture of a place that they took, a person and all that. So they put the picture just there and they said, okay, tell us where this is or this place is. So some of them actually picked the actual place, which wasn't even in the town or city that they were doing the studies at, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And they said they again, they started in the 1970s and they said they um, ended the program. It says here in 1995, which I hear that they didn't really stop the program. I wouldn't be surprised because I watched. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I watched it. Um, it's called The Third Eye, I believe the, the name of the movie. It's on Amazon, but it's The Third Eye. And it's, it's about one of the subjects that were that was in this Stargate program. And mm-hmm. he said they're probably still using it today. For sure. Definitely. But in a more advanced way. Yeah, the more a more advanced way. I mean, you know, you have a lot of people out here. Well, that why do I keep seeing a lot of people? But there are mediums and stuff out there that we again, I don't want to keep repeating that you that the law enforcement use to help them with some of the cases that they can't solve. Right. You know? So again, are these people, is this all one and the same? Is this just an out-of-body experience, it seems to me. And, right. you know, they classify it or name it something different. Yeah. It depends on what level you go into. And astral projecting just seems like it's a more in-depth, you know, travel of your out-of-body experience compared to just lucid dreaming or just an out-of-body experience. You know, and before I go on, I'm going to comment again about as far as how I feel about near death experiences when it comes to people when in the hospital. And when people are in the hospital. It's just like kind of being in a coma. You may think that you're having a near death experience. You may be pronounced dead. I mean, you can be dead for a very short period of time, but. Your functions of your body. Your eyesight, your brain is still functioning. Right. All that is still functioning. So you're taking in your environment. You can hear what people say, just like they say people that are in a coma can hear. So that's why you should talk to these people. Right. As if you're they're awake. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. as exactly. Um, So it could be just some of these people. They're in a state of. Not sleep, but comatose. And they're aware of their surroundings. And when they come back, they go, oh, my God, you know, they pronounced me dead. And then I heard and I saw this. And, you know, somebody spoke to me because people can come into the room and you not really know it. Because, for instance, if I just you had a family member that was waiting outside. Right. Right. And. They're about to pronounce it. And sometimes and you, you have to let the family member in the room. Right. And in cases where they're doing a code, like, okay, the family member's coming in. And you remember the family member coming into this room talking to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then when you wake up, that person is gone. Yeah. So all you remember is that small segment 
of that person being in that room. Mm. But then you're thinking, so-and-so came to me when I was having this experience or right. this, you know, near-death experience. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with anesthesia. With anesthesia, they put you out. It lights out. If you've had a surgery before, you know, it's, it's night-night. You remember before and, and after. And after. There's nothing in between. But there are cases of people that don't really go under anesthesia or anesthesia doesn't work very well. And it, just like me, local anesthesia doesn't work. You know, your brother the same way. It's local yeah. anesthesia. But if you give me anesthesia to, to for a surgery to go to sleep, that, that puts me out. And some people it doesn't work. And some people, they short the amount of medication that they give. So they're under the impression because they're, they were given a paralytic along with the anesthesia that they were dead and right. they could remember all this stuff. But the anesthesia is not working as well as the paralytic. Right. Yeah. But you can remember everybody and everything in that room, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm looking at it at um, a medical and clinical aspect of it <laughs> because, you know, I've seen stuff like this before. Right. So sorry, Chantel, to, to interrupt. You were talking about lucid dreaming. Oh, yeah. And astral travel. See, one thing that I know about the astral plane in general, it just holds a lot of information and time there is a lot different. Well, of course it is. I mean, you're you're technically asleep or you're not aware, but time is just entirely different. So maybe it is somewhat different when people do actually astral project. Well, the universe doesn't keep track of time like we do on Earth. That's, exactly. That was, There's that's no invented, such thing. Yeah, that's invented by us. Right. Mm-hmm, exactly. But things tend to play out there way before it plays out here. Right. It, it's like months, ahead, months, years ahead. I was going to tell you that. Um, I was going to share a story with you about that in a minute. Yeah. And that's why they say that some people are able to pull certain information and they're able to, I guess, give a psychic premonition for certain things because they have access to right. the astral plane. There have been many talks about that everything and anything has already existed yep. in the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything so that will and has happened. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of downloading the information. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I sent both of you guys. Something that I watched. That lecture, yeah. In his talk, he spoke about that. And some of these things I've I've heard before from different, you know, scientists, especially like physicists and stuff like that. And on this talk, he talked he got a lot of the information. He travels the world and he just looks at different religions and just Mm-hmm. Stuff and, you know, archaeological digs and things that they found in history and a lot of things on the universe. His name is Billy Carl- Carlson. And most a lot of you guys probably know him because he's on he's been on several TV shows. Right. But he talked about that, which I've known before is our eyesight is not instantaneous. Mm-hmm. So what you see is always the past. So nothing Ever in life is real time to us. Right. We perceive it as real time, but it's not real time for us. Right. Again, going back to the matrix that we're all connected right. together. Some people that are more in tune with themselves, the universe and their spirituality. That's why people can feel energy in the room. For that's sure. why people right. can astral travel. That's why people can 
meditate and control things in their life, physically as well as mentally. It's right, because I agree. everything is energy. So again, you walk into a, a negative situation. Some people go, right. I feel the negative energy mm-hmm. in, this, exactly. in this room. Yeah. Because again, everything's based off of energy. And even just this conversation, which people don't really understand and don't really know, just your thoughts is energy. Mm-hmm. So you close your mouth and don't say anything. That is a source of energy that's being expended in the universe. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's it's interesting. Crazy. Yeah. We've always known that there's other universes out there. We can't go beyond our universe and our solar system. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of people that talk about the universe that is among us. So we're living side by side with another universe. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is what these astral planes could be. It could be oh, interesting. another yeah. universe. Is sure. Your energy. And again, you're in control of your energy and your spirituality. So you can travel barriers of each one of these universes. Right. right. Yeah, it's definitely cool to think about it that way. Because... There's only but so much information you do have or experiences you do have. Yeah. But hearing that, that definitely connects some dots as far as how we can interact with not only our environment, but just energy in general. There's a person that I watch that's pretty famous. She's a spiritual channel or what have you. There's a few people that I watch, but there was a gentleman that said, apparently he's good, good at it. And he said, I've talked about this before and I've met you on the astral and you told me then or what have you. And I was going, what? This guy's a cuckoo, because, you know. He didn't sound believable. Yeah, he didn't sound believable. I was going, okay, the whole thing is probably uh, what I'm watching is not real. But then he started talking. Then, you know, the algorithms, right? So then they'll give you another person. And he was Another gentleman was saying, oh, yeah, and I saw my daughter on the astral and this is where I go to speak with her because she he was having twins and one didn't make it. So he speaks to her in spirit and he speaks to the other one on the astral Mm -hmm. and he he has stories, but he wasn't the only one. There were so many people that says, yeah, I met them on the astral. And then some people will say, I don't know where this universe was when I was on the astral. And, but to, to your point, each person said something was going to happen when they saw it on the astral and it happened in real life. Like he had a car accident and everything. One guy did, he was on the astral. And then the other guy was saying, each time I met with you on the astral, you said, don't meet me yet. You're not ready. Don't come to me yet. And this is the time. So now I'm here to meet you. And I have a lot of questions. And so it was just, it's just interesting that you said that, how it it's already happened pretty much. And you can meet anybody on the astral, I guess. Yeah. And they talk about that. You can't really say evidence, but there's strong possibilities sure. that there were other universes prior to our Big Bang. Mm-hmm. But of course, you can't prove it because we can only prove what we can see at this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't see in the multiverse. We can't see in other universes. All we can just see is is the past. 
yeah. you know, with stars and things like that. But I think they are working on it. Yeah, of course they're, they're working on right. this, you know, as far as we, we get more advanced in our technology and we do the best we can to, yeah. you know, study our past and our, our history. Now, not to play devil. Were you going to say something? Now, were you going to say something? Yes, I was just going to mention something about um, NDEs and how people's recollections um, of them are always so unique, particularly to them. So I'm wondering if it's like it is an outer body experience, but you don't have access to go, you know, past a certain point. Because there was this one woman, she says that when she passed away because she tried to commit suicide, she just saw dark. It was just a dark room, but she felt at peace. And then she heard a voice say, you're not supposed to be here. And then, you know, that's when she came back into her body. Another boy, he got hit by a car. He just remembers floating outside of his body. And then I think he heard a voice as well. And then they had a conversation and then he was put back into his body. So some people, it's not even like they're really even going anywhere. They're just staying after having that. A, you know, near death experience. Yeah. It's interesting just in general, people's stories, some will say, I heard my loved one saying, don't leave me or what have mm-hmm. you. And then I was out of my body before you knew it. And then I saw like the white light. Everybody says that, or I was put in front of uh, a committee or I was met by an angel or a being and they said it's not your time right i remember one they the near-death experience that i watched he said he there is a hell (laughs) he was talking about that he he said there is a hell if you don't and then there was a teenager that was talking about that that there's a hell if you don't think it's a hell it is for a near-death experience they almost died i don't remember the reasons but they talk about darkness and one little boy was talking about how the devil just looks like a plain person and stuff. But it's weird how they come back. And then they remember, they don't remember anything in between or how they came to be. But then other than a voice is saying, you're not, it's not your time yet. Is that your higher self saying it? Or is it really, you know what I mean? Right. Is it your subconscious? What is that? Not to get too much off track, but whenever I hear people mention that in their stories of, you know, there is a hell or I went to hell, I feel like it's a projection, Mm -hmm. like their consciousness panicked. So they had to create something Mm -hmm. for them to make sense of what was happening to them. So that's their automatic default. Like, that's where I was until they were able to fully come back into their body and like reintegrate. But that's just how I feel about it. Well, that's a good segue into my comment that I'm going to make. I'm going to play devil's advocate on the side of science. Mm-hmm. Now, you listen to this. I don't know if you were paying attention because I was listening to it on the way home one day. Mm-hmm. But they were doing study about near-death experiences. And um, lucid dreaming, I think, was a part of it also. Mm-hmm. So, in you know, perfect example, your brain creates some of these scenarios, just like lucid dreaming. When right. you lucid dream, you can create the environment. You can control the environment that you're in. Right. And with this, they actually had the subjects that they used just laying in the bed. They use electric stimuli on oh, certain. Oh, yeah. You, you remember mm-hmm. this? electric stimuli on certain portions of the brain. Mm-hmm. So they had the lady lay there and she can feel like something strange in her leg. Um, of course, dizziness. 
and one portion of the brain they touched, the lady felt like she was sliding. She was laying down. Mm. So she kept feeling like she was sliding. Yeah. And then they hit another portion of her brain and she was floating. But Ooh. she was laying on the bed. Interesting. Again, is it just our brain creating these environments? Right. Could be. It makes sense. There's so when much they, about the brain we don't know. When they know. talk about astral travel and astral projecting, your astral body comes out. How do you know that your astral body any different than just you lucid dreaming? That's what I'm still trying to get my head around. It doesn't matter how much, you know, stuff that I watch and listen to and read. All of it seems exactly the same to me. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know? You should try it. Try to astral project. Mm -hmm. They said you should master meditation and lucid dreaming. Yeah. And it would be easier for you to astral project. Some of these stuff that you watch, like I said, you can't always go by what you see. And, you know, you should know everything's not the truthful on the Internet and stories right. that people yeah, tell you. Exactly. And what I've, I've learned researching astral travel and astral projecting is if there's any stress at all when you astral travel or try to astral travel, you automatically come back into your body. Mm -hmm. Right. But you have people telling stories that, you know, they were somewhere doing something. I can't pull a specific story out right now, but they were somewhere doing something, say, like on a busy street mm. in New York. The sounds, if an ambulance or truck or something comes by, you know, that can trigger something in your brain just right. like that. And your you can come back. Yeah. So they tell these stories and it seems like. At some sometimes they're under duress during these astral travels. Mm -hmm. But like I said, all I've read and all I've seen is you have to be at a state of calm in order to astral travel. Let me ask you a question. What do you guys think about the parallel between that and sleep paralysis? I wasn't going to get to that, but that was something that I that was compared to this also. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Well, we know someone that that is near and dear to our hearts and daddy was saying no you can't do it with sleep paralysis and he was saying i promise you this was here this was there i saw this i saw that and i validated it because i knew do you remember that conversation and with whom i'm talking about yes i remember exactly what we're talking about okay or what you're referring yeah. to I don't want to say any names. They're just near and dear to our heart. But but, but think about this. This is another uh, thing that Billy Carlson was talking about. Everything that you come across, your your mind, you you yourself are not remembering this stuff. Sure. Mm -hmm. it, it's just like testing. When you take a test, if you're in college or in school or anything like that, you just memorize stuff, but you don't commit it to memory. You don't. Yeah, that's so. Me. But your brain commits things to memories. Mm -hmm. Your subconscious stores all that information walking down the street. They store everything. Everything. Okay. Right. So you have a sleep paralysis, right? You're laying in the bed. You can't get up and you see everything around you. Mm -hmm. 
But that's your bedroom. You know every goddamn inch of that bedroom. Right. You watched a movie. You've right. seen some creatures. Your brain can make these creatures. Or you've seen something on TV that you weren't, weren't really watching. Right. Mm-hmm. But again, your subconscious stored that information. It recreated it during this time of sleep paralysis. And this is another thing that he talked about. There's another study that they did. They had people walk around New York or whatever city that in New York is a big city. So I always use New York. Yeah. But people were walking around like a busy street. Right. And they had a, a group of people and they just walked for you know a couple of hours. And then they asked them, describe what you saw during your walk. So people said, I, you know, I saw this. And I remember this and I remember this, the store, whatever. And they go, okay. So they hypnotized these people and had them go back and talk about what they saw during that time on the street. Do you know they were going as far as being able to pull tag numbers off of cars? Wow. Stores that these people would never shop in, they just walked past, never looked at the store right. because they had cameras with them. Yeah. Never looked at the store, but they pulled the store. Mm-hmm. They, they Colors of people's clothing right. that they were able to, to pull. And they had validated it with the video footage that True. they had. So again, things that we just saw, we've seen before, you know? Right. Sure. But to argue that point, the person that was near and dear to us, it was happening when they traveled. Yeah, I know to the a story. In place, okay. So I'm saying how they don't, they can't memorize what's in that house. No, you like I said is exactly what I'm referring to because you walk through that one time, your subconscious is storing Picks that up data. Every detail is absorbing everything. No, I get what you're saying. So automatically, I can recreate this in my my brain and my dreams, and just like we talked about before. That you never met this person ever, 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 ever in your life. And you start dreaming about this person, this mm-hmm. person. And then you go, you go to the grocery store. And it's like, damn, that's a goddamn guy. I see every time yep. I come to the grocery store. Right. You just, and, yeah. and we said this before about when you buy a vehicle, you, you don't even think about this vehicle until you buy it. And then you see every Everybody goddamn vehicle, yeah. you know, in the street, everybody has it, same color and all that stuff. But it's not even just a fake one with ours. I think everybody and their mother has our car. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we talked about that before. Dreams and um, consciousness. And we touched on the subconscious and how it affects not only your waking life, but your dreams as well. Right. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that in your dreams, if you're if it's retelling the story of what happened during the day. In a different symbolic way, it's going to show more detail or something that you may have missed or maybe the person looks different. Mm -hmm. It's always interesting when you like think back on um, dreams that you had. Yeah, for sure. That's absolutely true. You know, this is definitely an ongoing conversation. It's hard for me to really grasp my head around things that don't have concrete evidence. Yeah. You know, I believe in a lot of stuff. Of course, I believe in the universe. I believe there's multiverses. I believe there's other universes and things like that. I believe in the paranormal. I believe that, you know, our body is energy and which we know that's been talked about like 
since the beginning of time that we are energy. Yeah. Um, I believe in all that. But sometimes when people talk and people say this happened to them, if you can't see it, how can you prove it? Right. And it's just like when I have to type notes and if something happens, like I watch EKGs every day. And if, if somebody had like a short run of some, some type of arrhythmia and I don't capture it, it never happened. Mm-hmm. Because who can I prove it to? So if I go to electrophysiology doctor, it's like, oh, my God, he was in this rhythm for, you know, like five seconds, which a lot of times five seconds with a long rhythm is not yeah. not good. Right. And they go, well, let me let me take a look at the rhythm. Oh, I don't have it. What do you mean you don't have it? Because I didn't record it. OK, well, it didn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Chantel, would you ever do it? Ever do what? Astro. I think uh, dad and I were talking about the other day because it became, of course, whenever kids find out or younger generations find out about certain things and then it becomes popularized. and Everybody trendy. jumps on Everybody board. tries to do it. I don't believe in inviting anything into your vessel, into your spirit, into your mental mm-hmm. until you are fully ready for it. I and agree. you can understand, you can what, understand exactly, exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah, because that is very, very scary. And I think, you know, the basis of this conversation, the NDEs, lucid dreams, actual travel is that this is just a vessel. Yep. You know, there's so much more to us than that. But for you to have an experience and purposely say, well, I just want to disconnect from my body. That's some sort of weird escapism to me, in my opinion. But of course, when kids are that age or certain people are in a point in their life, they're just like, well, I'm going to try it out by all means. But I don't want any parts of it. Yeah. And they they do it for the views. Exactly. I don't need to force anything on myself. That's it. I can meditate without the goal of trying to project my body elsewhere. Right. I know that's, you know, so before we wrap this one up, do you have any other comments on this? Anything else that you can think about or you can add to it? Miss Reoccurring Regular? (laughs) (laughs) I know I have two people here. I didn't say any names or anything like that. Right. I know. I mean, I feel like I've said a lot and a lot of people, they can do their own research on it. They should. They definitely. Well, we said it all. (laughs) (laughs) you're pulling a um howard stern yeah but that's a that's a topic that's coming up very soon once i finish the research is that our body is a vessel and what i'm going to talk about that's coming up and hopefully i can get the all the information and the you know research done by the next episode but what favorite singer said that though deadly cults what's favorite singer it's a good song I just thought I'd bring it up. Your body is just a uh, a vessel, a vehicle transporting your soul. Oh, are you talking about Prince? Nope. It's one of the Marleys. Yeah, I was going to say it's a uh, something. It's is one song. of the songs. Okay, but, go ahead. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, before I was rudely interrupted you or interrupted, have, you had to have that, including some, you know, randomness. So. One of the next episodes is coming up. We're going to talk about deadly cult. And that is the basis of the cult that I'm currently researching right now. Yeah. Yes. The vehicle. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The vehicle. So that's coming down the pike. We want to thank you guys for listening to Thanks, this. Guys. The second 
portion of the astral travel. If you guys have any comments or if you want to add to the story, of course, you can always hit us up on Facebook, um, Instagram. Um, we do have, what do they call it, your, your favorite TikTok also. Um, I'm trying to add more things to the YouTube channel. <laughs> Nobody wants to be on camera but me, but I'm, I'm trying to make we'll that. We'll get there. Yeah, we're trying to make that, that happen. So you can hit us up on YouTube. I'll probably put, put some of this up. And I want to thank Italic Alec for his comment. And if you guys are listening to us on Apple or iTunes, you know, just hit us a rating, give us a comment. You can comment, like, share, subscribe on any of your favorite listening platforms that you're listening to oh, us man. right now. <laughs> and like always, if you do have a story that you'd like to share with us, you can send it to John Carter at mysteriesandbeliefpodcast.com. Again, it's a long email address, but you know what? If you click on it, it'll take you right to your email. And you just add your comment there. Anything else before I close out, Lisa and Ari, a current regular Chantel? Nope. Until next time, guys, see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.